Hello, this is David Brim, and I'm the founder of Orlando Entrepreneurs. We are the hub for Orlando entrepreneurship, and our mission is to connect, cultivate, and celebrate our local entrepreneurs. We bring together our local entrepreneurial ecosystem to help impact our entrepreneurs, their companies, and our local economy. Learn more at orlandoentrepreneurs.org. Now over to Josh Wilson to get forward with our show. All right, good day, everyone. Josh here with Orlando Entrepreneurs. Now, being an entrepreneur, we build things to serve our community, and we build things to serve our family, our mission, and to provide for ourselves and the things that we want to accomplish out of our lives. There are a few reasons that entrepreneurs really build, uh, and you know they have these high hopes of building something that is uh, sold to a bigger company, maybe acquired through a different group, or that they have some type of exit event in their life. And this is something that entrepreneurs get really excited about. So what I wanted to do is I went into the community and I found someone who's an expert in exit planning. So today's show, we're gonna be talking about um, exit planning and what it looks like for an entrepreneur to have this kind of event. So on the show today, we have Mr. Scott Martin with SD Martin Financial Services. Scott, welcome to the show. Hey, glad to be here, Josh. I'm really looking forward to this. Well, me too. I'm, I'm excited about this. This this myth, mythical idea of building a company and having this huge exit really excites myself and a lot of entrepreneurs. So I'm really excited about unpacking this, what it looks like. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your business and what you do? Yeah, great. That's, that's, that's fine. Yeah. So what I do is uh, I sit down with business owners and what I like to do is find out what it is that they're trying to do with their company where they're headed down the road, um, get to know them a little bit on a personal uh, basis, and dig into their company to find out, you know, what is it that they want to do with their employees, and what do they want to do with the company. As a certified exit planner, my job is to help create a roadmap, create that GPS so that they know that they're going to get to the right port instead of ending up in the wrong port down the road and making a lot of mistakes along the way. There's different ways we can travel down the road or go across the sea and hit the right port. Uh, one would be an inside transfer to key employees or maybe to a partner or maybe to um, family members. And another way is to outsiders to uh, sell to a financial buyer or maybe it could be a strategic buyer. Uh, those are the two primary ways. But my job is to sit down and find out what it is that the owner's goals are and then start from there and move forward. And we have a process that helps them to get through all of this because it's very complicated. and There's no kidding about it. Uh, a lot of moving parts. Yeah. Well, before we really dive into some of these details, why don't you talk to us a little bit about who you are and how you got started into this this world of serving entrepreneurs and business owners. Absolutely. I started working with business owners actually back in 1988 and um, helping them to prepare for their futures. And I eventually became a certified financial planner. But what was interesting is there was no training for exit planning uh, back then and there still isn't today. And so what I decided to do, I wanted to have a more concrete process and so I became a certified exit planner through Business Enterprise Institute. There's only a handful of us in the state of Florida, by the way. And so that specialized training allows me to really help business owners going forward. So I've been helping business owners for many years prepare for this big event, whether it's through a third-party sale or inside transfer. 
and we really get into the details because I'm a detail-oriented person, very meticulous about crossing all the T's and dotting all the I's for the business owners. Because if you make one little mistake, it can snowball and cost them a lot of money. Okay. So you wanted to help people you know, with their business and, and eventually sell their business. What inspired you to want to be a part of that transaction of helping people essentially get out of their business and exit their business? What, what inspired you or motivated you to focus on that part? You know, I was a certified financial planner and I still can do that kind of work, but it was actually getting a little boring. Yeah. And to me, exit planning is like that kind of planning that a certified financial planner would do on steroids. It's so much more complicated, so much more challenging, and so much more intriguing. And you're really making a huge impact, not just on the business owner's life, but their employees, the community, their vendors, their clients. It really affects a lot of people. And it feels good when you're able to help that business owner uh, navigate the choppy waters as they go through this particular uh, event. So actually, it's not even an event. It's a process, and it takes time. Yeah. So what kind of companies would use an exit planner, and when is it a good idea to bring someone like you into the mix? I would suggest most businesses should plan their exits, whether they're a small company, large company, it really doesn't matter. Um, typically, I like to work with businesses that are worth at least $5 million uh, because they typically will have at least 10 employees and they may have a management team in place. And we need to help them to develop that management team to get to the point where that business owner doesn't even need to show up for months and months. Now they have a real business, right, versus a job. And so we try to help them increase the valuation of the company by doing proper valuation uh, or value driver planning to, to make that happen. And so what we're finding is that it, depending on what kind of transfer they're going to do, if it's a third-party sale, that can be done in about a year. However, the preparation time, you need several years of preparation time. Typically, we're going to suggest at least five years. Why? Well, number one, there's some tax strategies that you'll need to have put in place five years in advance. Otherwise, IRS is going to say no to those. Uh, you, not, you want to get your books in, in, in proper order. You want to have your company look really great as if a private equity group came along and said, yes, we love this company. They look great. If you can get a private equity group to want to buy you, wow, you've grabbed the, the brass ring because they're very particular about who they're going to, to buy. They might look at 100 companies and only talk to two of them and maybe make an offer on one. So what you want to do is have your company set up in advance so that everything is um, looking really good to a buyer. Pretend you're a buyer. Would you buy your company? What are you looking for? Do you have the processes in place? Do you have the big one? The number one is do you have the right people in place, the key employees, not important employees, the key employees. These are employees that company won't survive without having those key employees in place. There's a lot of moving parts in a third-party sale, and you've got to get the company ready. Now, if it's an inside transfer, I know what you business owners are thinking. I can't sell to my kids or my 
uh, fam, um, to my partner or my key employees because they don't have any money, right? Right. That's what they're going to say, and that's what I hear all the time. If you structure things properly over time, you can actually make that happen, and you can minimize the risk, and you can also minimize taxes by doing an inside transfer. Now, typically, those are going to take about seven to eight years. I'm not going to get into the weeds on this. But if you're thinking about selling to your insiders, don't rule that out because it can happen. But what you got to be careful about is, is this something they want to do, right? Is it, are they capable of taking over? And you're going to need time to groom these people to a point where you don't need to be there anymore. So those are the two areas that you have to look at. Inside transfer is going to take less time. Um, I'm, I'm more time and the third party sale is going to take much more um, strategy, uh, but not as much time. Okay. So what kind of companies um, would use a service like an exit planner? Like what kind of companies are we looking at that, that could really value from this, benefit from this? Again, I would say companies that have at least 10 employees, uh, uh, companies that are valued at least at $5 million. And most business owners, by the way, they don't know what their companies are worth. They think they do. They use some kind of um, multiple of EBITDA or something along those lines. And, and, and that's dangerous because they're going to be way off the mark and they usually overvalue what their company is worth. But typically they have a management team in place and these are companies that the owner's saying, look, I want to either do an inside transfer or I want to sell to a third party. Now, sometimes they'll start off as an inside transfer and they'll go, you know what, nobody wants to do this. And so I'm just going to sell to a third party. So they'll, they'll change horses in midstream. Uh, and, and how does that impact the business, uh, the business owner and, and even the team? Good question. The, the team, if they've decided, look, we don't want to do an inside transfer, we don't want to buy you out, Mr. Business Owner, and they're going to do a third-party sale, then you have to put things in place that will motivate and incentivize them to stay through the end of the sale. And there's strategies that we can use, such as a stay bonus, to get them to stay until the new uh, owner decides, okay, we're satisfied, now we're going to cut them loose, or maybe they want to keep them on board. You know, that's up to the new owner. But you've got to make it clear to the new owner that, look, I've got these people in place, they're going to stick around, I've incentivized them. Sometimes you got to give up a little piece of uh, the pie uh, to those people in the form of stock. Okay, that's awesome. What, uh, when, so when, when, let's just say I'm a business owner um, here in Orlando, and I'm, I'm thinking about one day selling a business like what what would i typically do what do most business owners typically do when that idea pops in their head their wife or their husband says we should sell our business what 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 do people normally do typically do they typically get advice either from their their certified financial planner or their accountant or maybe even their attorney and those folks are going to give them hopefully some good advice but remember now they're working in their own little silos and like the accountant's going to look at it from a tax perspective the attorney's going to look at it from a legal perspective the financial planner is going to look at it from a financial planning perspective and what we have found oftentimes is that when the financial planner i'll give you an example actually with an attorney 
I asked the attorney, when, when someone comes to you for estate planning and they own a business, how do you know what the business is worth? And he said, they just give me a number. Well, where did they get that number from? Do you ever ask them? He says, not really. And oftentimes, it's just a number they made up in their mind. This is something they're hoping that the business is worth. Again, they're using you know some multiple of EBITDA or something like that. And oftentimes, they're way off the mark. And so one of the first things you have to do when you're creating an exit plan is one of the first things you have to know is what's your business really worth? Don't be guessing. This is your life's work. This is no time to be guessing. Imagine going to a surgeon and you need heart surgery and they're saying, well, I think we'll guess on how we're going to do this, how we're going to take care of your heart. We're going to kind of try this. No, you've got to be accurate. All right. And so one of the things you have to do is one of the first steps when we use a seven step process is find out what do you need to get out of the business to maintain your lifestyle. All right. So we work the numbers backwards. We need the financial planner to help us with that. But again, oftentimes financial planners do not have the capability or the resources to find out what the company's really worth. We're able to do that because we have a specialized program that allows us to give us an idea of what the company is worth. Eventually, they're going to need a certified valuation uh, so that it'll fly in the eyes of the IRS, Okay, depending on what kind of planning we're doing. And that is going to be critical. And oftentimes, they're getting advice from their friends and family who mean well, and Joe sold his company, and here's what he did, and here's what he got out of it, so I'm going to listen to Joe. And that's a mistake because, you know, he might have gotten lucky. Uh, Maybe the timing was different than what it is today. So we're recommending that you really seek out someone who knows what they're doing in this particular space. And one thing I'd like to point out, Josh, is it's a collaborative approach. You know, I don't have all the answers. I'm working with their team of advisors. We're all working together, helping each other in the eyes of the um, uh, business owner to help them reach their goal. So you're a part of their exit team. Correct. You come in, you work with the attorney, yep. the CPA, uh, their, their team to help them prepare for the exit to come up with a, an accurate number of their evaluation of their, their company. What is this company really worth? Mm-hmm. And how could we build upon that value? How could we actually get it to be worth more by the time you're ready to sell in five years, seven years, or, or even less, right? Exactly. Like, for example, I, I'm, I'm meeting with a client later today and we've created an exit plan for him. He started off as doing a uh, inside transfer. We discussed that, discussed the fact that it's probably too risky for him. And so we're going to look at a third party sale. And in that discussion I'll have with him this afternoon is we need to increase the valuation of your company by looking at key value drivers. And we have about a five year window to get this done. The, and so what we're looking at is <clears throat> what needs to be in place to make that happen and that's going to be key for him so now he'll have more clarity now i'm working with his cpa i'm working with an attorney i'm working with a valuation appraiser and so on and so forth think of me like i'm the builder and all these guys are my subs men and women are my subs my job is to make sure the house is put together properly and i'll bring them in when needed but we're all gonna to collaborate together. We actually all sit down in a room together and say, okay, here's, here's, I created this exit plan, guys. All right, pick it apart. 
Give me your two cents on taxes. Give me your, your take on the valuation. Financial plan, I need your input. Might have an M&A person involved if it's a third-party sale, depending on the situation, right? May have a business consultant in the mix because the, the business needs to get to a point where it has to have a higher valuation. We understand there's value drivers. That's not what I do. I don't do value drivers. Need the business consultant for to bring to come into that. Maybe we need to groom the management team. All right, so we have to bring in a consultant for that. So my job is to herd the cats. I create the exit plan and tell each person, okay, when are you going to get your part done by, right? And that way, what happens is we're all working together in a synergistic plan, and there's not going to be any overlap, time delays, and extra fees. That'll save a lot of money. Yeah. So uh, there's a few key terms that you mentioned. You mentioned M&A, mm -hmm. EBITDA. Uh, could you tell us what those are for the audience members that might not understand what those terms mean? Sure. Mergers and acquisition okay. uh, uh, firms will, if your company is worth $5 million or more, you're going to use a mergers and acquisition firm to help you put your, mar your company out there for sale. Now, <clears throat> what they do is they do a lot of due diligence. They have a huge database of companies throughout the world that they will... Uh, create a spec sheet about your company they don't put the name on there and they're just putting it out there to see if anybody wants to bite on that and then if that's the case then there's something called a letter of intent eventually if the company is worth less than five million you're typically going to use a business broker okay as far as EBITDA goes that's earnings before interest taxes depreciation and amortization and that'll give us a, an idea of what your real cash flow looks like. And so what business owners have to understand is that what they're selling is, what they're really selling is cash flow. If I'm looking to buy a company, all I'm interested in is what's the cash flow? That's number one. I want to know what it is because that's what I'm going to buy. That's what I'm going to pay for. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's really exciting. You mentioned uh, a business broker and an M&A. How do they play a part as a part of this team that you help organize? Okay, so the M&A, if we're doing a third-party sale, they're going to go out and find the buyer and bring the buyer into the mix. And usually there's a window of time where the buyer will have where it's just a they're signing an LOI, letter of um, letter of intent, and that what that means is the biz, the uh, M&A firm and the owner can't continue to put this out on the market, and so as they're going through their due diligence, looking at the books, looking at the company, interviewing people, um, that gives them time to do their thing, to to look at the company. And with a business broker, it's going to be the same sort of thing, but it's just on a smaller for smaller companies. And it just buys the, uh, it gives the buyer some time to really look at the company. So we need to have them involved. Also, these folks are going to help us to understand, you know, these are some of the things that I think you need to do to increase the valuation of the company, make it look better. And so they're going to give some advice along those lines too. So that's going to be very important. So what, what are some of the pieces of advice? So entrepreneurs listening out there, whether they're just starting their business or maybe they're at the point where they're they're really gaining traction. What are some 
ways that businesses can increase the value of their business, um, real value and then also perceived value uh, to um, outside buyers or maybe even internal buyers? Sure. Well, I would say the number one value driver, without a doubt, is having key management, really great management as part of your company. I mean, you know, like the guy or not, Warren Buffett, what he looks for when he looks at a company is how good is the management team. That's the number one value driver. And so if you have a great team in place, and here's the key, if you can incentivize them to increase the valuation of the company, that's golden. And so what you want to do is you say, look, our company, I'll give you an example, company's worth $25 million. How do you know that? Well, we did a preliminary valuation and we can do that. It's not a big deal. Um, it's a cloud-based program that we use and you know you go in and put some information in and as long as it's accurate information we're going to get a valuation within about five to ten percent of a real valuation uh, if it was a certified one. So without that expense we can get that valuation and then you say to these guys look take me from 25 million and I'm making up these numbers to 30 million and I'm going to give you a slice of that growth. I'm going to give you guys a portion of that growth. Well, how do you know where you're at and how do you know when you got there? Well, by having this valuation program in place, it'll show you where you're at, okay? Because it's not a static program. It actually changes on a monthly basis. And so what we want to do is find out where we're at, where we're headed, and get these guys to buy in. So, for example, you might say to them, all right, of that $5 million of growth, I'm going to give you 20%. Of, of that growth. Well, why aren't we, why don't we get more? Because I'm the owner. <laughs> Take it or leave it, right? 20% of that growth. And so now they're incentivized to grow the value of the company. So the more it grows, the more money they're going to make. And you can also use golden handcuffs if you structure it properly so that they'll stick around. And if they don't do what, if they don't do the growth, by the way, if they don't hit their bogeys, they don't get any bonus. They don't get any um, any stock or cash or non-qualified deferred compensation program or anything like that. So they have to hit certain bogeys. And on top of that, you're going to have uh, non-competes, uh, non-disclosure agreements. You want to protect your company and you tie all that in and put a bow on it. Now you got a motivated team, they're incentivized, they want to work for you, they want to increase the valuation, it's a win, win, win. And when you do it properly, there's a lot of tax benefits too. So this is a powerful tool to increase the valuation of your company. It's, it's just one of the best tools you can possibly uh, use. So that's really why bringing in an, uh, an exit planner is good for the business because you're not only looking at how am I going to exit, but how could I exit for the greatest value for myself, my family, my employees, and how could I do what's best for, you know, for the employees and for the business and for the future and the, those acquiring it. Um, so it, it really sounds like an exit planner is someone you know, who really comes in to help build the value, get you more money in the end, and helps you through the process, which many people have not been through, in all honesty. Exactly. You know, exit planning is smart business planning. I think Covey said, begin with the end in mind. Mm -hmm. That's basically what you're doing. You're planning for the future. And so, you know, go big or go home. I say my website's called finishingbig.com. Well, why not finish big, right? Yeah. 
Could you give us some success stories of some companies that you worked with um, that you know you you saw them had a you know great exit or a great success? Could you share some of those with us? Yeah, yeah. Back in uh, 2007, I had a client of mine. He was in a partnership with um, another gentleman down in Tampa, actually, and they owned a uh, they, they built homes. And in 2007, he approached me. He said, "Hey, Scott." Um, thinking about selling our company what do you think can you help us out with all of this and can you you know get involved and do a little research and so on and so forth and I came back and I said yes I can do that and so what ended up happening this is like March of 2007 now if you remember back then the markets were peaking everything had peaked this is just before everything went off started going off the cliff and they got an offer it was a third-party sale and they turned it down. And the reason they turned it down was, and this was interesting, this spoke about their character, about these two business owners, and they're in their 40s, by the way. And um, they turned it down because the buyers would not guarantee that they would keep their people on board. And they wanted to make sure that those, their, their loyal employees weren't going to be cut loose and fired and all of that. And, that, and they just said no. A month later, another company came along and said, okay, we will uh, keep your employees on. However, you've got to stick around for an earnout, And the earnout, I believe, was a three-year earnout, And they had to hit certain bogeys in order to get their bonuses and so on and so forth. So now they're working for this other company. They went from being owners uh, to becoming uh, employees. But they didn't seem to mind because they cashed out for $70 million. Not a, bad, uh, not a bad paycheck. And my client actually ended up uh, starting up a, a, a foundation in which he's helping uh, young entrepreneurs uh, get going in, in the right direction. So that was a, a really nice way for him to finish big. It was a, a nice ending, or I should say a new beginning for him because he couldn't just sit home and play golf and travel. He wanted to keep moving forward. So he's giving back to the community. So that was really great. So, so that's a, that's a great point is what, what are some motivation, motivating factors or even some factors that force people to want to exit or force people to exit, uh, without planning? Like what, what makes people want to exit? Well, sometimes they're feeling burned out. They're just, you know what, I'm done, I'm in my 60s, I'm in my 70s, I'm just, I'm done. I, I just don't want to do this anymore. I, I have a business owner I'm working with right now, owns an auto dealership, and he says, I can't stand this business anymore, I don't want to do it. And I have uh, three family members, my kids in the business, they don't want it. Um, I want to sell it to a third party. My wife wants me to get out, we want to start traveling, I'm, I'm in my 60s. Um, other owners, it's a health issue. All of a sudden they have a health issue and they're like, now they're forced to get out. Uh, one, I was work, talking with another business owner working with him. Uh, he had a uh, heart attack last year. And so now he's like, all right, I gotta slow down and start getting out. Others, they're like, hey, I'm, I've, I've enjoyed the ride, but now I wanna do something else. Like my cl client in uh, Tampa, he wanted to get out and he decided to st uh, start a foundation to help other entrepreneurs, young entrepreneurs. It was his next chapter in life. 
So for some people, you know, they're being forced out because of health or their spouse or something along those lines. <clears throat> and for others, it's just a new chapter in their life. Okay. So if people don't plan it well, their, their exit while they're building their company, whether health issue came up, a spousal issue comes up, a change in the market, whatever the case may be. If someone didn't plan it well with an exit planner uh, or with a, the correct team, like what are some of the things that you have seen go wrong because they said no to having the right team on board? Well, first off, it's gonna be very frustrating for them. Uh, I was speaking with another business owner, construction company, um, doing over $40 million in revenue here in Orlando and he decided he thinks he can do this on his own. And I just shook my head and said, okay, good luck. It's gonna cost him much more time. It's gonna cost him a lot more fees because there's gonna be overlap. He's not a project manager like I am when it comes to this space. He doesn't know all the strategies, the, all the tactics that are involved. He, Business owners don't know what they don't know when it comes to this space. They know how to build widgets or sell widgets or whatever the case may be, but they don't know about this space. And if you have cancer and you don't know it, can it kill you? Absolutely, yeah. right? Yeah. If there's strategies that are out there that you're not aware of, can it cost you extra taxes? Absolutely. What we have found is typically what happens is without an exit plan, they're gonna leave 20 to 50% of the value on the table as a result of not doing proper exit planning because they're missing out on tax strategies, they're missing out on increasing the valuation of the company, and these things are, 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 are just going to decimate their, their uh, next step, which is retirement or the next phase in their life. Maybe they want to start another company, but they're leaving a lot of money on the table. You said 20 to 50 percent? Yes. By poor planning. By not yeah poor planning or no planning oh my gosh and yeah it, it's significant and 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 the thing is these guys know that this needs to be done they, they intellectually they know it but the problem is they keep going well i'm going to do this in five years and you talk to them a year or two later well when are you going to do it five years from now when are you going to get out five years from now and they keep using this mantra five years and then they get to a point, of, okay, I'm really going to do it this time. And when, and then it's like, well, all right, well, we're going to need five, six, seven more years. Well, I, I, I want to get out now. What? You're not ready. Your company's not ready. And so now they're kicking themselves because they kept delaying. So one thing that comes to mind is if, if I'm a business owner and I have, you know, 50 employees um, and, you know, I have my my spouse, I, you know, I have my attorney, I have my CPA, I have this whole team, and I'm thinking about exiting, but the idea of exiting um, may scare people, mm -hmm. or it may cause issues in the company. Like, uh, talk to me about like that anxiety that the business owner might have in their mind uh, when it comes to that. How could they work with someone or get some answers and alleviate that that pain or thought in their head. Yeah, if, if they're if for example, if they're going to do like a third party sale, if it's an inside transfer, it's not a big deal. If it's a, if they're selling to a financial buyer or strategic buyer or private equity group, something like that, now it's an issue. <laughs> now secrecy is going to be paramount. 
And so we have to be very secretive about all of this. Um, we want to make sure that, for example, I'll ask the owner, where do you want me to send information to you? I, I suggest maybe we send it to your home address and not to your office. Um, and when I come in, I'm just a consultant. They don't know, the folks don't know I'm a certified exit planner. We don't want them to know that. It's not like we're trying to pull the wool over their eyes. We just don't want people bolting and, and putting the resumes out there all of a sudden because they know the company might be up for sale. Now, if you have key employees that really need to stick around to make this thing go through, then we may have to implement a stay bonus. Don't have time to get into that today, but the stay bonus will keep them around. And so even if they find out that the cat's out of the bag, they'll stick around because you've incentivized them and you've, you've used some golden handcuffs because if they don't stick around, they don't get this extra money, all right? And money is a great incentive. Yeah, absolutely. So for people who are building businesses, do you ever run across these people who say, I never want to retire or, you know, like, uh, you know, the yeah. business will stop when I stop. Right, right. right. I'm going to die with die at my desk with my boots on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. What, 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 what is your recommendation to, you know, these individuals or, you know, what are your thoughts there? Well, I tell them, look, you, you, you're going to get out of your business one way or the other. You know, it's going to be either voluntarily or involuntarily. And the involuntarily way is, you know, you die or you become disabled. And then the company ends up getting liquidated, perhaps, or now it's a fire sale. And we don't want to see that happen. And so that's a tough one to overcome at times. And we actually have a tool that we can use that was created by a psychologist to help us to figure out, is this person really mentally prepared, psychologically prepared to get out of their business? And if they're not, then we both need to know that so we don't waste any time with each other. Yeah. And I know that sounds harsh, but, you know, some people you can lead them lead a horse to water you can't make them drink yeah you mentioned something that, that, that this sounds interesting what are the psychological factors that would make someone want to stay with their business because i mean if you stick with the business too long every, you know the mortality rate is still at 100 percent. yeah if if someone sticks with their business it could be bad for their employees it could be bad for their their wallet and their mm -hmm. family's wallet and their their foundation or their estate but what are some of the psychological things that go through someone's head that makes them really want to stick? It's their identity. This is, this is who they are. Think about this, Josh. I'm Mr. or Mrs. Business Owner, mm -hmm. and you want me to do what? You want me to exit my business that is a cash cow. I was speaking with an owner a couple months ago. He says, Scott, I've got $3 million coming into my bank every year out of the business. And you want me to do what? You want me to exit this business? I got this financial security. I have all these perks, like my company pays for my car and my insurance and my gas and my travel and everything, all these perks. All these tax benefits are gonna go away if I exit my company. Um, I'm looked up to, I'm the head hog at the trough. And now you want me to go out and sell my company and now when someone comes up to me, before I sell it, they come up to me, well, what do you do? I own XYZ company. Well, now after I sell it, people will come up to me, well, what do you do? I'm like, 
nothing. I'm retired. Um, and no longer am I the head hog at the trough. I don't have that financial security that I once had because now I had to take the money and invest it in the markets. And um, I don't have the tax benefits that I had. And I don't feel significant anymore. I feel like it's a meaningless life. Now, that's how some people think. Listen, business owners are wired to build and grow a company, not exit it. But they all know intellectually they're going to have to exit it someday. And so my job is to help them get through all of that, not just the numbers and not just the strategies and tactics, but a lot of psychology involved. And so you have to have empathy and say, look, I get it. I know this is your baby and you've worked really hard and sacrificed and all of that. And it's given you that security. It's your identity. It's who you are. And now all of a sudden you're saying, okay, adios. I'm losing part of my identity or my total identity. And so that can be a tough one to overcome. Sometimes we, have to, we, we may have to bring in a, a specialist, a psychologist to help out with all of that. No kidding. Yeah. So part of being an exit planner is helping prepare their mind and their wallet, you know, for this big event yes. um, to walk them through. Um, so when, when people, you gave an example of a, uh, someone who sold their company and then started a foundation, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. What other pivots have you seen in people's lives once they exited? Because that's creating a new identity, right? It's creating a new stage of their life. So now when someone says, hey, what do you do? I run a foundation. I right. help entrepreneurs or, or whatever. What other pivots have you seen in new identities being created? Because, I mean, I think that having these examples will help people go, you know what, I would like that as a new identity. I want yeah. something new. Well, the, the typical one, believe it or not, is I'm just retired and I'm traveling and having a good time and, and doing what I want, when I want, how I want. I mean, that's the most common, believe it or not. After a while, they go, hey, this isn't so bad after all. But before that, they're like dreading it. What am I going to do with my time? You know, so it depends on the client's situation. I mean, I have one client back in 88, I think is when he retired, 89, somewhere around there. He sold a uh, trucking business and his wife's like, you're getting out. We're going to have some fun. We're going to travel. And that's exactly what they did. So he and his partner sold the business. It was a successful sale. And um, ever since, <laughs> he's 94 years old now. And um, it was traveling up until the last several years. Yeah, that's awesome. So some people travel, some people retire and play golf. Some will even start a new company. And doesn't always work out. Sometimes it does. Yeah. So give me an example of someone who left one company, had a really good exit, and then started up a new company. And like, do they get into this? Is the second sale easier? Do, when, they're, when they're building, do they bring you in a lot sooner because they, they, they're building now to sell? Well, one case that, I, that comes to mind is that the business owner sold, did an exit plan that was successful, and started up another company, and it, was, um, it, did, it just didn't take off. I mean, it was a complete flop, and so it was one of these, you know, startups, and he lost some money on it, and that was the end of it. So we didn't even need to do any exit planning. He had thrown some money out there, tried it for about a year, and said, no, this isn't working. Let's close the door. So that happens. Sure, yeah. Um, well, I, I appreciate you, you know, sharing this because um, 
you know, most entrepreneurs think, you know, when I go to sell my business, I, I go talk with a, a broker and then a year later I sell and I get this, you know, big check and, you know, maybe I'll have to stay for a little bit and do an earn out. But, um, you know, having this idea of before those kind of conversations happen, having a conversation with a, an exit planner actually seems like a logical choice. So if there's business owners out there right now who, um, who are thinking about exiting their business in the future, near future, um, how could people find you and how could people contact you? Sure. You know, one thing I would say is you need at least five years to prepare. And if you go to my website, it's called uh, www.finishingbig.com. That's finishingbig.com. And we actually have a free assessment. It's called an exit map readiness assessment. They can go on there and in 15 minutes, less than 15 minutes, answer some confidential uh, questions. It's, it's asking about their company. And we'll create a 12-page report that's free that will help them to understand four critical areas about their company. Is it ready for them to exit? And we give them a score in each of those four critical areas. Uh, another thing you can do is you can email me at scott.martin at finishingbig.com. And our phone number is 407-833-0003. Again, 407-833-0003. And we'll give you a complimentary one-hour uh, consultation. And all we're going to do there is, basically all I do there is I ask you a bunch of questions, find out what it is that you're trying to do. I have a yellow pad and a pen and just ask questions. And that's all we do. And then we can decide if, uh, if there's a reason for us to uh, work together. Awesome. Now you're here in Orlando, um, and, and you love helping you know people here in Orlando. Uh, do you also help people outside of Orlando with your exit planning? Yes, I can. Okay. And I do. Awesome. And so I'm not uh, just tied to the state of Florida, by the way. So if the case is right for both parties, uh, I can travel if need be. You know, of course, we've got the internet these days and can do things virtually as well. Sure. Okay. So uh, I'll put your contact information in the show notes. So fellow entrepreneurs, uh, business owners out there listening into this podcast show today, this interview with Scott Martin talking about exit planning. If you'd like to have a conversation with him, you could go to the show notes uh, that are a part of this podcast, or you could go to our website, orlandoentrepreneurs.org, and you could click on this episode and you'll there'll be ways for you to get in touch right now with Scott to talk about maybe exiting your company in the in the future or planning or maybe you just have some questions that you'd like to know so um, you know let us be a conduit to that conversation and um, you'll you'll be able to find that information there so Scott thank you for coming on the show thank you for sharing your experience your knowledge your passion to help entrepreneurs exit their business and for just being a great resource here in Orlando uh, for fellow entrepreneurs we really appreciate you my pleasure Awesome. And fellow entrepreneurs listening in, uh, I hope you found this show valuable. Uh, please like it, comment, uh, engage with us on, on LinkedIn and in our social channels where we share this. That way we can start conversations and cultivate uh, relationships that lead to more valuable businesses and business relationships. So my name is Josh. I'm, uh, I'm the host of the show and I'm, I really value being a part of your community and uh, being a fellow entrepreneur with you. We will see you guys on the next episode. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening in on today's episode. 
If you would like to be a guest on the show or start a conversation with me, Josh, your host, send me an email to josh at orlandoentrepreneurs.org. You can also find out more information on Orlando's entrepreneurial ecosystem, discover resources to help you start and grow your business, and subscribe to future shows by visiting www.orlandoentrepreneurs.org.